0: It's the Chronicles of Aguna, and we're back with another Transfer Talk podcast. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by the 90 Minute Football Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu. And on this edition, we've got a couple of bits and pieces to discuss. Now, we haven't done a transfer show for a couple of days because, first of all, I've been immersed in Euro 2020. I've got Euro 2020 fever. I'm really enjoying the tournament. I think in particular, in the last couple of days, it's really kicked into life. But also, there've been a lot of rumours that Haven't really paid much credence to. There have been a lot of rumors, in my opinion, uh, that have just felt like convenient stories for people to write. And I know what it's all about. You know, I I work in the industry and I know what it's like during the transfer window. Outlets trying to capitalize on every click they possibly can. And as a result of that, you get a lot of nonsense rumors. You get a lot of kind of putting two and two together and coming up with seven. And you, you get a lot of that over the course of the transfer window. So, What we're trying to do at the moment, in particular during the European Championships, is to keep our focus on the actual football which is what we all love above anything else. It's much better than transfer speculation, but also to keep you across the latest stories with regards to Arsenal, particularly when they come from pretty good sources. And the bits and pieces we're going to be updating you on today, I can say uh, I've come from some really, really good sources. So it comes from The Athletic. It's a piece uh, put together by James McNicholas, aka Gunnerblog, and of course, uh, David Ornstein together. So there's plenty of reliability and credit in the bank when it comes to good information from those two so we're going to be keeping you across the latest reports let's say a big hello to everybody who's currently joining us live in the chat hope you're all well big hello to becky to liam to ebby to nishith uh, to wandering to brad hope you're all good uh, and of course to everybody who will be listening to this back via the audio platforms all those of you who'll be catching up with the video on replay before we dive into the stories Just a quick reminder, if you haven't done so already, please do hit the like button if you're watching us on YouTube. That really, really helps. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. We're on the way to 14K. Want to get there as soon as possible. Um, And of course, if you're listening via the audio platforms, we really need some reviews on the board. Uh, We actually get measured on that and it helps push you up the rankings on Apple Podcasts in particular, if you can get plenty of reviews on the board. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, I'd also be incredibly grateful. But without further ado, let's get into today's big story. And that is that Arsenal have had a bid rejected uh, for Albert Sambi Lokonga, the Anderlecht midfield player. Now, Arsenal's bid uh, was said to be around about the 15 million euro mark, so around about 12 to 13 million pounds. But it's understood that Anderlecht at the moment are holding out for something closer to 20 million euros, so around the 16, 17 million pound mark. Now, and elect are uh, in financial trouble. And elect posted losses of around about £50 million pounds plus. So, you know, they 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 will be open to a deal, and elect And you can understand why they've not accepted the first offer, why they've not accepted the first bid, and why they're going to try and push and get as much out of Lokonga, a player who's much sought after uh, by those on the continent at the moment. Um, why would they not try and get as much as they possibly can? If they were to achieve That 20 million euro asking price, it would be a massive offset against those losses uh, that, of course, they've registered. So what do we know about Albert Sambi Lokonga? Well, the answer is... Not that much. I've got to be completely honest. He's not a player um, whom I know a massive amount about, but I have spent the morning actually doing a bit of research into him. He made 33 appearances for Andelect in the Belgium Jupiler Pro League last season, played a total of 2,917 minutes in which he contributed three goals and two assists. He's picked up three yellow cards over the course of the season, which is not bad for a central midfield player. When you think about Patrick Vieira, one of our all-time greats, how often did he used to go in the book? Very often. Uh, But he was sent off uh, on the one occasion as well. Um, Shots per game averages around about 1.2 and his pass success rate is around about 85.9%, which makes pretty good reading now i'm not one usually for youtube scouting right there's a lot of people who like to do that they they hear about arsenal's reported interest in a player they search on youtube they find the uh, you know a compilation put together uh, with regards to that player they sit and watch it and all of a sudden they know everything about this player and i think the problem with youtube scouting is that you're only going to see compilations of the best bits. It's very difficult to get a full and rounded understanding of a player without that. So bear that in mind when I'm going to give you the information that I'm going to in a minute, because I have spent some time doing that against my uh, better judgment. And, I, you know, I normally try and avoid this. But Samuel Okonga is somebody I haven't seen a lot of. I, I haven't got a good knowledge of. And rather than sit here and lie to you guys, I thought I'd watch something to try and give me a bit of an understanding with regards to the player style. What I will say, though, is take, you know, all these positives with a pinch of salt because it is just a compilation. So whilst I may have captured many of his strengths, I probably haven't captured a lot of the weaknesses. And that is where, um, you know, you need to be mindful of doing what I've just done, which is going on YouTube and checking out a video. But there is a really good video of Albert Sambi Conga on YouTube, and I've linked it in the description of the show. So feel free uh, to check it out afterwards. See if, uh, you know, if you agree with the points I've made and what your thoughts are on the player. It's also got some really soothing background music, which is always great as well. So, I mean, looking at Congo at and looking at what it probably bring to the table. So we're talking about now um, somebody who is just 21 years old. So he's got plenty of potential uh, and plenty of room to develop and to improve. And from what I could tell, uh, I think he's got a really impressive range of passing, long, short, direct in between the lines. Um, and, and I really like that. The, the the fact that most of the passes captured in that compilation are are progressive are through balls in behind in between full backs and center backs that's a, a pass that you know he can be seen making in that compilation video on numerous occasions so you'd assume it's one that uh, Laconger looks for when he receives the ball in the middle of midfield Able to spray crossfield passes as well, um, those driven passes in, in which he picks out teammates and completely switches the game and, and catches opponents by surprise and causes them to have to shift over either right or left. I think that's, that's a real um, good weapon in Laconga's locker by the looks of it. Also, looks really elegant on the ball. And he reminds me, and I'm not saying he's going to be, don't take it this way, but he reminds me a bit of Patrick Vieira in the sense that when he controls the ball and he turns and he moves and he carries it, it's almost as, low th- as though things have gone into slow motion, but actually he's deceptively quick when travelling with the ball. Um, and that's why it reminds me a little bit of Patrick Vieira, the kind of long-legged strides and, and, you know, the way he's able to turn. What he does really well in his turns is he lets the ball run across his body quite a bit. And I actually think that's a really useful uh, skill to have. I know it's something that you're taught. Uh, quite young when you you start out playing football, but that ability to allow the ball to run across your body and shape your movement around that, I think is, is, is really key. Um, there are times to do that and times not to do that, because ultimately, if you're letting the ball run, you don't really have full control of it. But when you're sure of what's over your shoulder, when you're sure of what's going on around you, to be able to do that and allow the ball to do the work and spin uh, and then pick it up and drive forward is a really good skill to have. So that's something that it seems to be a bit of a characteristic of the Anderlecht midfielder and uh, something I I enjoyed seeing. I enjoyed seeing him making tackles in the midfield as well. And what I actually liked about the tackles was again, making a bit of a comparison to Patrick Vieira, not because I'm saying he's going to be the next Patrick Vieira, but that ability to make a slide tackle, win the ball, turn and get up off the ground and continue the game all in one movement is, is something that I used to adore. Um, seeing Patrick Vieira do, and to see Lokonga do that as well. Uh, Again, it is a compilation, so, you know, there will be moments where he gets it wrong as well that aren't in the cut. Uh, But, yeah, really pleased to see that. It makes a lot of standing challenges as well. I think nowadays, probably more than ever, there's there's room for that. There's an appetite for that. Um, A player who stays on his feet uh, and controls the situation without necessarily diving in. I think that's really uh, key. Got a nice change of pace as well. Uh, in that he can go from sort of coasting along with the ball at his feet to a a sudden burst of acceleration that will take him away from people. You know, he may not be blisteringly quick over a, you know, 50, 60 yard um, sprint, but he's got the ability... Uh, to change that pace. And that is so important in in being able to get away from players, particularly in midfield, when you've got people closing you from all directions, to have that burst and that acceleration to get away from people, um, you know, is is really key. Um, Not afraid to shoot from distance as well. Um, I mentioned that uh, Lokonga bagged three goals uh, for Anderlecht last season. Uh, but also, according to who scored, uh, his uh, his desire or wanting to shoot from distance is something that they've put as one of his biggest attributes as well. So it's not just me that's picked that up based on the highlights that I've seen. Uh, it is a well-known thing that that Lokonga isn't afraid to shoot from distance. And I think, you know, that's something we could probably do with in the midfield. What are my thoughts on Lokonga overall? Well, you know, you're talking about allowing Granit Xhaka to leave and we're going to come on to talk about that and, and what's going on with Granit Xhaka's situation in a little bit. But Lokonga looks to me like somebody very much for the future. He looks to me like a bit like a Matteo Genduzzi signing where you're bringing him in with a view to the longer term. But you're also open to, to the fact that he may be ready and he may be somebody who learns quickly. And he may progress quickly, in which case you wouldn't have any reservations about throwing him into the first team. But the primary kind of remit for Conga coming into the club, I think, would be as a backup, would be not in the first choice midfield pivot, not one of the two. I think one of the two would be Thomas Partey and probably somebody else that we bring in, because I do think Arsenal need two midfielders this summer lukonga you know 15 million euros is not cheap but in football it's it's not a lot of money really and i feel like lukonga is that signing whereas um the the kind of relatively low risk signing that has the potential to go on uh, to become a top top player and i actually said that i want to see arsenal make more of those kind of signings and um and I think this would be one of them. And Chris points out in the chat that he's 21 and Guendouzi was 19. I get that, but 21 is not by any stretch of the imagination old. And I'm not saying that Laconga is going to come in and be a bit part player for five, six seasons. What I'm saying is he'll come in, I think, and be given a season to settle in um, on the premise that Arsenal bring in somebody else. Uh, But if, if ready and and whenever ready will be thrown into the deep end. So it's kind of a, a good, um, a good balance to have when making a signing. But this is only the right move, in my opinion, if you are going to go out there and get somebody in who is ready right now to fill the void that might be left by Granit Xhaka in the event that his transfer uh, to Roma is completed. So we've talked about Ruben Neves. We've talked about Yves Bissouma. We've talked about both of them at length in recent weeks. So I'm not going to get into that uh, again. But for me, La Conga, is is an exciting prospect but the kind of the kind of signing that only really makes sense for Arsenal right now if we're going to go and get somebody else. Now the athletics report says that Arsenal plan on making a number of significant transfers when it comes to bringing players in for the first team. You can take encouragement for that from that of course, but we've heard that before. And so whilst I'm I'm kind of slightly encouraged by it and slightly encouraged by the fact that such a reliable outlet is is reporting that Arsenal plan to do some serious business. I'm still a little bit sceptical, naturally, and I'm still a little bit reluctant to jump on the hype train because let's see if it materialises. That's ultimately what matters, right? You can talk the talk, but if you don't walk the walk, it doesn't mean anything. So that's the situation with Conga Arsenal have made the opening offer of €15 million, euros, around about £13 million. Pounds. That offer has been rejected. Anderlecht looking to get somewhere closer to 20 million euros. But I do believe that even if Arsenal fall slightly short of Andelects' valuation, Anderlecht will do a deal. They're playing hardball right now. And why wouldn't they? It's still very early on in the window. But as I talked about earlier, Andelects financial losses have been very significant in over the last couple of years. And there is an appetite from Anderlecht to sell La Conga because of how much of that debt or how much of that loss they could offset by doing so. So watch this space. The fact that Arsenal have made a bid um, signals that their interest is concrete. Um, but as we saw with with Emi Buendia, it doesn't always mean that the deal is going to get over the line. There could be other suitors out there circling around La Conga and we have to be mindful of that as well. So let's see. Um, but someone that I'd like to see join the club, as I've repeatedly said, though, on the premise that we do go and get somebody else in the midfield, because I do truly believe Arsenal need two players in that area this summer. I think it's the most important area in terms of improving the team this summer. And um, fingers crossed, we're able to get the business done that we want. The report also goes on to talk about Martin Odegaard, and it talks about the fact that the Norwegian looks set to stay at Real Madrid. Uh, He was Arsenal's number one transfer target in that sort of playmaker position, as indicated by the Athletic. But sources indicate that the 22-year-old is expected to remain at the Bernabeu for the 2021-22 season. Um, You know, it's not the news that Arsenal wanted, but... You know, if, if we can't get the deal done, then you've got to start looking elsewhere. I think Martin Odegaard would have probably been quite open to staying at the club. I think he, from what he said, we can kind of gauge the fact that he's enjoyed his time at the Emirates Stadium. He's he's fitting really, really well. But if Real Madrid don't want to sell him or they're asking for a price that is just beyond Arsenal's reach, then then you don't do it. You know, you you move on from the target. It's a shame, but that's football and that's the reality of it. Um, I actually think he'd be a good sign in. I really do. I think that there were signs of promise from Martin Odegaard, and you've got to bear in mind that he, he only joined the club at the back end of January, had very little time, had a couple of injury issues along the way as well, uh, which didn't help him. But, you know, if if it can't be done, you know, he might have been Arsenal's first choice, but it's time to move on to option B now, because uh, from what we're reading, from what we're understanding, Martin Odegaard is, is not going to be allowed to leave Real Madrid this summer. A player who arsenal are also said to be in pursuit of is ben white we brought that one to you a few days ago um a lot of sort of arsenal fans have dismissed it have dismissed the idea of ben white coming in and have said that you know it's going to be too expensive why would he want to join arsenal etc 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 but from what the re- the athletic are reporting Ben White is a primary, and I quote, primary transfer target for the Arsenal this summer. They did look at Sevilla's Kunde, but it looks like a deal for him is going to be either too expensive or too difficult to get done, and therefore Arsenal have uh, supposedly turned their attentions fully now to Brighton and Hove Albion's Ben White. Can we get a deal over the line uh, for the England defender? That is the big question, and he's a player that I quite like he's a player who i think is incredibly versatile um able to play in cent- in the center back position whether that's on the right the left or as as one of a three also capable of stepping into a defensive midfield position as well uh which is something that will appeal to mikel arteta and it's clear uh, from this report and and from what's going on that you know mikel arteta feels the need to replace david luiz who's obviously left the club uh having seen his contract expire. So whilst many of us thought that Rob Holding would probably be promoted into the uh, number one right centre-back, it doesn't look like that's necessarily what Mikel Arteta has in mind. Big questions over William Saliba as well. What does the pursuit of Ben White mean for Saliba? Does it mean that he is part of the plans? Does it mean that he's not part of the plans? Does it mean that Mikel Arteta hasn't been impressed enough to bring him back into the side, you know, off the back of that loan spell? at Nice? The answer is I don't really know, and I've I've expressed the concern all along about the fact that what happened with Saliba in the first time around, what happened with that loan deal, what happened with um, the way it was handled, you know, didn't sit right with the player. Perhaps you could you could argue that Mikel Arteta handled that poorly, uh, that the club handled that poorly, and now we're in a position maybe where Saliba doesn't want to play for Arsenal. That that relationship is broken. Uh, particularly with Mikel Arteta. So what happens from here? I don't know. Um, I I really don't. But our Arsenal uh, looking for a right centre-back where according to The Athletic, we are. And Ben White, as I say, is the primary target. We've touched on Martin Odegaard, we've touched on the uh, bid for Albert la Le Conga. Let's move on to another player who could potentially be leaving the club this summer, and that is Granit Xhaka. Now, it seemed just prior to the Euro 2020 kickoff that a deal that would take Granit Xhaka to Rome, to the Eternal City, was just around the corner. However, a few days down the line, there are still no signs of this deal being completed, and there has been no movement with regards to the Swiss captain why because Roma and Arsenal have reached a stalemate with regards to the transfer fee Arsenal are asking for 17 million pounds for Granit Xhaka and are not willing to accept anything less at the moment Roma They fall short of that valuation by quite a bit, by around about four to five million pounds, from what we understand. And Arsenal are not willing to budge. Neither are Roma. Therefore, we have this stalemate. Now, Granit Xhaka has been talking about his future whilst on international duty with Switzerland at the European Championships, but he did say that he is fully focused on the tournament right now, and he will think about his future uh, after the uh, competition. So, Granit Xhaka is saying all the right things, but you know, from what we understand, Granit Xhaka is quite open to leaving the club. And why wouldn't it be? You know, I've talked about it before. He's become public enemy uh, number one on so many occasions when it really wasn't justified. There have been bad moments during Granit Xhaka's Arsenal career, but not enough, in my opinion, for him to receive the, you know, the criticism that he has for him, his good performances to be overlooked the way they they tend to be. But anyway, we move on from Granit Xhaka. But You know, at the moment, Granit Xhaka isn't going anywhere and Roma's uh, sporting director, general manager, whatever you want to call him, Tiago Pinto, has uh, been speaking about the fact that he now expects Granit Xhaka to apply pressure on Arsenal from his side. And I'm not sure that Granit Xhaka is going to do that. You know, Granit Xhaka will be looking at this and thinking, well, if you want me as much as you say you do, three, four million pounds in the grand scheme of things isn't a big deal, isn't It shouldn't be a deal breaker. Arsenal understandably want to bring in as much money as they can in order to help finance some of the deals that we've just been talking about. But, um, you know, why should we budge? You know, Granit Xhaka is not somebody that's been hanging around the peripheries of our squad over the last couple of seasons. He's become a really, really important player. And I know there's a lot out there who, who don't agree with that, who don't like that, who who are disappointed by the fact that he plays such a prominent role and feel that that's part of our issue but he has played a prominent role. And so he's worth a lot more to us than a measly, you know, 13, 12, 13 million pounds, which is what Roma are rumored to have offered for him. So I understand why Arsenal are playing hardball. And I would be, if I were the club doing exactly the same thing. If we keep Granit Xhaka, I don't think it's a bad thing, but if we sell him equally, I don't think it's a bad thing either. So with Arsenal not being, you know, too kind of extreme on this one way or the other they can afford to um to play hardball with the kind of you know with the fear of the deal maybe collapsing because if it collapses and Arsenal keep hold of Granit Xhaka and he plays for the club for another season I don't think that'd be a negative I don't think Mikel Arteta is pushing Granit Xhaka out the door I think this feels like a bit of a convenient uh transfer in the sense that Xhaka wanted to leave the club previously, isn't really happy with the way he's been treated, probably feels like a a move to Roma, who, by the way, are offering him a five-year contract at the age of 28. That would be a massive appeal um, to to Xhaka. And so with Arsenal not being fussed, in my opinion, one way or the other, I'm not going to say they're not fussed at all, but I I mean, there's not a desperate need to move him on. Um, And equally, I don't think anybody would be complaining within the club anyway if they were to keep him so because of Arsenal's position they can afford to play hardball they can afford uh to to apply um you know to or they can afford to to ultimately try and squeeze as much out of Roma as possible and why shouldn't we clubs do it to us all the bloody time so why should we not uh do it back we absolutely should we absolutely should So uh, that wraps up kind of the latest stories. I know there have been some talks uh, around Arsenal and and Manuel Locatelli of of Sassuolo. You know, I'm not really buying into that at the moment. If it does develop, if it does progress, then we'll obviously bring you uh, a little bit more on that and and a little bit more on on Locatelli, who's a a really interesting prospect, played really well for Italy, I thought, particularly in the second half against Turkey on Friday night. And we'll get another glance at Locatelli in the coming days as well. So, yeah. Uh, That's another player Arsenal being linked with. But again, as I say, with so many of these uh, transfer rumours, take them with a pinch of salt at the moment. Don't forget, if you haven't done so already, hit the like button. Let's check in where we are in terms of uh, likes. Uh, Bear with me a second. Um, All the notifications would come up on my phone, wouldn't they, about updates and God knows what else, just when I want to check in uh, on something. So we've got 135 of you watching live right now on YouTube. We've only got 35 likes though. Let's at least get that up to 75. That should be really easy to do. Doesn't cost a thing. Smash the like button. And of course subscribe to the channel if you're new if you want to become a member and support me to bring you more content then click on the link in the description as well your support is very much welcome get your questions in the chat box let's pick up on some of your questions pop a little cue at the beginning of the questions it really helps me in terms of picking them out in and amongst the chaos of the chat uh, so please uh, please do that drop some questions in and don't forget if you haven't already Check out our latest edition of our Euro 2020 Daily Show. I'll be recording another one tonight. Really late, though, tonight, because um, I'm I'm working uh, on the uh, France-Germany game, um, and I'm going to be uh working whilst uh watching it with some friends and uh, casual casually working i should say um but yeah so i'm not going to be back home till till quite a bit later but i will get that out to you around about uh, 11 p.m we'll go live but if it's too late for you you can pick it up in the morning of course uh big hello to any in the chat for your very kind super chat donation thank you he says hey harry to what degree do you think managers make transfer decisions based on tournament performances didn't they see the players prior? Yeah, I think tournament performances can open your eyes to certain players and open your eyes to, to, you know, people that you may not have considered previously, but I don't think it would be based solely on that. I hope it wouldn't be anyway, because international football is is very different, um, you know, and, and sometimes players can fit into a certain side uh, due to their characteristics, due to those around them, due to the kind of cohesion that that is uh, or the chemistry that is built off the back of that and and maybe they necessarily won't be the right fit for your team so I do think managers consider their t- tournament performances I do think it puts people in the spotlight that may not have necessarily been in the spotlight previously but I don't think it's the be all and end all uh, when deciding on a transfer target in my view anyway uh, thank you for your question and thank you for your very kind super chat donation Vichan says Harry have we we have been linked with a lot of right backs who would you prefer among our targets. Well, I was actually quite on board with the idea of Arsenal going for Zeki Celik, Um, taking into account all the factors, the fact that he had a really good season with Lille, um, the fact that he looks like a complete fullback in terms of being able to get forward defending quite well and robustly as well. But I wasn't impressed by his performance against Italy for Turkey on Friday night. I thought he had a really difficult time dealing with Insigne and dealing with Spinazzola coming up on the outside as well. So, you know, it's, it's really hard for me to say, you know, I hope that Arsenal have done a lot more scouting than I have. Zeki Celik was someone that was in my mind just because I still think Callum Chambers could play quite a bit there. And I don't see the right back position as one that we need to spend an absolute shitload of money on. Um, when I look at the priorities and I look at the midfield, which for me is the, the biggest area of concern, so that Finding a player of a higher profile for that midfield pivot alongside Thomas Partey, as well as bringing in a a number 10 are the priorities for me this summer. So Zeki Celic felt like an option on which we wouldn't have to break the bank but could come in and do a decent job. I've not completely gone off him, but I was concerned by his performance for Turkey the other night, albeit they as a team were pretty dire, but I'll be having another close look at him when they take on Wales uh, tomorrow as well. So he's, he's certainly one that's in the contention for me. Omar says, how long before Arsenal announces signing? I wouldn't hold your breath. Omar put it that way. Uh, Majid says, what do you think of Sabitza? It's reported he's going for 15 million pounds. That's a great bargain. I'm a big fan of Sabitzer. I really like him. Played really well, I thought, for Austria the other day as well against North Macedonia. So I'd like to see Arsenal move for him. If he's available at that price, which is what the rumours and the reports are saying, then you have to go for him. You have to make an offer. You have to try and bring him to the Emirates Stadium. I really like the player. And yeah, I'd be I'd be up for that. Uh, BS says, would you, would Laconga start a few games or would it be better to buy him and loan him out for a season? Great work as always, mate. Thank you for your kind words, first of all, mate. Um, no, I think he, he you know, Lokonga would would be in and around the first team squad. I don't think I'd loan him out. I think I'd keep him there. The whole point in bringing in players right now is to, is to kind of is to make us competitive right now. When I say he'd be assigning probably slightly more with a view to the future. It's because of his age. It's because of the fact that I still think we probably need a more experienced head. But Lokonga if he was to come in, would be part of the setup for me. And I'd like to see him get some game time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, just going to pick out a few more questions. Alfred says, what about keeping Joe Willock as a replacement for Danny Sabios? I know a lot of people are quite big on this. I've spoken about Willock before, and I've spoken about his profile as a player. And I don't think his profile fits as one. Who should play in that double midfield pivot. I think what Joe Willock does incredibly well is um, arrives into penalty areas late from deep positions, but I think his overall midfield game isn't quite as sophisticated as we need for someone in that kind of position. I think playing in that uh, as one of that midfield pivot, that deeper lying midfield pivot you know you you need the ability to receive the ball under pressure to progress it forward and i'm not sure joe willock has those things in his locker although he is a very big goal threat uh carries a lot of energy and and gives you plenty of, of other good things i just don't think he fits that profile necessarily if you're talking about keeping joe willock as a replacement uh or, or as cover for somebody in that number 10 position I'd, I'd consider it a little bit more but even still i think the challenger arsenal is very different I think at Newcastle United, they were often playing on the break and he was able to burst forward. Whereas with Arsenal, a lot of the time, the onus is on you to go and break opponents down and you're playing against uh, stubborn defences. And I'm just not sure that Joe Willock has the guile necessarily uh, to be that man. So um, I'd I'd probably keep Joe Willock if there's no sort of appealing offers on the table. Having said that, if somebody did offer £20 million, given all the work that we need to do, I'd probably sell him. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, if we do keep Joe Willick, it's not with a view to him playing in that one of those two midfield positions, in my opinion. Anyway, uh, imagine says, Harry, do you think a would be a really good option? Supposedly he's valued at 20 to 25 million pounds. Now, um, I'll be honest. I haven't seen a lot of awa over the course of the last season. A lot of people have kind of reported that he's not quite been as good as he was previously. And that worries me a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know about a I think you know, he's an option. Uh, we keep hearing about Arsenal having this, um, this, uh, this list of players, don't we? We hear Fabrizio Romano and various others uh, referring to it. What is the list? You know, who is on that list? We don't really know. Uh, if we're being honest. And there could well be some names on that list that we've not been linked with previously and that we quite frankly don't have a clue about. Uh, Tom says Sambi, Neves, Aaron's, and White. I like it. I'd rather pay for White than Burger. Yeah, me too. Uh Liam says thoughts on the Enketia rumors? Well there's thought there's rumors that Enketia has uh, not accepted the or, or is yet to sign or yet to accept the contract offer that Arsenal put on the table for him. And I don't really blame him. I mean I personally don't feel that Eddie Nketiah is good enough to make it at Arsenal as the main focal point of our attack. And you look at the current situation and you've got Aubameyang Lacazette who are both at the club ahead of him. It limits his game time. You look at the fact that Balogun has been signed on a new deal as well. You look at the fact that Arsenal have been linked with the likes of Alexander Isak, for example, and you feel like Nketiah is probably looking and thinking, well, is this the right move for me? I know Arsenal are probably doing it from a position by which they're looking to strengthen themselves um, in terms of their position in the market when somebody does come in for Eddie Nketiah. But I understand why Nketiah doesn't um, or, or maybe doesn't feel that signing a contract at Arsenal is, is his best move. And, and I respect that. You know, the lad wants to go and play football and, and why not? Um, let's, uh, let's pick out one more, I think. Um, Maggi says, Do you think Coutinho is still a good option to go for if the rumors are true? He's going for 17 million pounds now. Listen, I really liked Felipe Coutinho in the past, but I'm not sure at what level he is at now. Um, you know, when a player's stock nosedives the way Felipe Coutinho's has over the last sort of 18 months, you've got to ask yourself why. Um, it feels like a sign in with a view to the shorter term. And not necessarily the kind of signing I think Arsenal should be looking for. We talk about somebody like Felipe Coutinho being available for you know whatever price is it seventeen million? I think you quoted there. Uh, but what's he going to ask for in terms of wage demands? And you know that someone like Felipe Coutinho, he's been playing for the very elite of late, you know Barcelona, Bayern Munich, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, is going to want top dollar, and I'm just not sure it's the best way to spend the limited resource that we have at our disposal. So for me not keen on the Coutinho thing. Um, if it was a year or two ago, then, you know, I'd, I'd probably consider it, but just not, not right now. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, Junior Gunner going to take this one as a final question. He says, thoughts on the Regista role. It seems like the role of a defensive lying playmaker, I think is what he's saying there. Is underappreciated in this country, i.e., Jacques, Thiago, Jorginho, or Rodri. They get plenty of criticism due to the pace of our game thoughts. I completely agree with that. I think it's an area that is massively, um, massively underrated. I think it's really important. It's, You look at somebody like, and the best example of one of these guys who's really succeeded of late after coming to the UK and being absolutely hammered and labelled as unfit for purpose, is, is Jorginho. And what Jorginho is, is, he's a hybrid between this midfield metronome that's going to play make from deep and keep you ticking over. And, and while he's not the most physical player and not the most athletic player, he has that defensive awareness and the understanding of which holes and areas he needs to plug in order to do a good job defensively as well. So he's almost a hybrid between a defensive mid and your traditional centre mid. That is what a regista is essentially. And I do think that role is largely unappreciated, particularly here in the UK. And, um, and it's probably an area where, you know, from a tactical mindset and, and from understanding the value of those players, we here as Premier League fans are probably a little bit behind um, in understanding and appreciating. So it's a really good point, mate, and a really, really good question. Right. I'm going to leave it there. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in. So just a quick reminder of, uh, the top stories today. Arsenal have made a bid for Albert Sambi Lekonga of Anderlecht. The bid was rumored to be 15 million euros around about 12 to 13 million pounds. It has been rejected by the Belgian club who are looking for something closer to 20 million euros around about 16, 17 million pound mark. Although, um, there is an understanding that there is an appetite from Anderlecht to get a deal done in order to try and help offset some of the big losses that they've incurred over the, the last couple of seasons. Check out the link in the description to a video on Albert Sambi Lokonga. Um, as I said before, I'm not a big YouTube scout, but I did think this video was quite interesting and gives you a bit of an understanding into what type of player we're looking at. In other news, Ben White is a primary target for Arsenal during this transfer window. That's according to the Athletic. Um, Martin Odegaard looks as though he's staying put at Real Madrid. And of course, Granit Xhaka's deal to Roma is in a bit of a a difficult situation at the moment. It's hit a bit of a brick wall because neither side are willing to sort of uh, give way with regards to the 17 million pound transfer fee that Arsenal are asking. And up until now, Roma have been unable to uh, or unwilling uh, to meet. So we're going to see how that pans out. Thank you for all your brilliant interaction, as always, all your excellent questions, all your kind words uh, in the chat about uh, the stream. Really, really appreciate it. And as I say, we're bringing you Euros content daily. And I know that the transfer shows, um, you know, have been a little bit hit and miss over the last couple of days, but that's because we, we're we trying to stick to what we think is is probably a little bit more realistic than some of the crazy rumours that have been going around. So bear with me. Um, Club football has taken a bit of a a kind of backseat over the last uh, week or so, and and, and as rightly so with the Euros going on. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the sun. Enjoy your time uh, with your family and friends or whoever it is you're watching it with. And I'll catch you all very soon with more. Until next time, take care.